Welcome to this conversation between Stephen Gribben, the CEO and founder of CoachPro, and me, Warren Hammond. Here's a quick snippet of what to expect. I'm better to ask the two or three questions and at least have the accurate, even if though it might be disappointing, understanding of where you are in terms of commitment. And just because someone didn't commit today doesn't mean that they aren't going to commit going forward. Sometimes people need to be asked two or three times, sometimes even more, to get beyond agreement into commitment. Because they might agree with the concept, but not necessarily yet know you well enough, trust you well enough, feel comfortable in themselves enough to then commit. It could just be a timing thing. But it's better to have the accurate disappointment because you can build upon that rather than the inaccurate optimism because that leaves both of you exposed. Hello, podcasts. Welcome to this new episode. This one's a bit shorter than normal because we're dealing with a very specific topic, which is agreement and commitment. This one's been asked for by quite a few people. I think it's a because of the time we're in at the moment. One, we're recording this at the beginning of the year. And so this is the time when everyone's got big plans and strategy documents and kickoffs. And they're keen that they get all their team behind the plan. So there's always discussion of, are the team nodding politely or are they really leaning in and getting to this? And also, we're still in lockdown where many of us are working remotely. Teams are working remotely. And sometimes it's difficult to really understand how passionately or, or, or the depth of feeling people have about certain plans that are in place, certain agreements they have in place. When you can't look people in the eye, when you can't read their body language, sometimes it's more difficult to understand how behind the plan they are, how fully committed they are to the plan. How fully aligned they are with the plan. Do they agree with everything so far? So this was, this makes sense. So yeah, this was from a direct request. So happy to have delved into this topic. I think this works for everybody, whether you're a leader or you're a manager, whether you're a supplier who's got partnerships or you're managing one person or two person. Actually, even if you're just working in a team, there's always some degree of collaboration of working with people that this is going to be important on. Key thing is that agreement and commitment are two very different things. But Stephen will explain us all. I'll be back at the end with a quick summary. Said if there are any other direct requests, please just drop us a line. Our email is podcast at coachpro.online. If we can help, we will. Anyway, here's the cheesy music. Edinburgh. Are you there? Can you hear me? Loading clear. Good news, good news. I've got some drilling in the background, so if you can if you can hear that, it's not me having a side job. It's just somebody obviously deciding that their house is no longer fit for purpose in lockdown and they're just building themselves a conservatory. So apologies if you can hear that in Edinburgh all the way. As long as you're not at the dentist. <laughs> oh, man. So that would scare me. But we are here today not to talk about cavities, but agreement and commitment. I know this is a good topic and I know this is a big topic and I've covered it a few times. But I do think now more than ever in these strange times that this is a great topic 
understanding the difference between agreement and commitment, especially in remote teams, this feels like quite a a big topic. When you can't see people face to face, you know, you can't look at them eye to eye, you can't read their body language and something. So let's go straight into this. So what is agreement and what is commitment, first of all? Let's make sure we're using the same language. Well, the, the main definition between agreement and commitment would be sort of demonstrated in, you know, agreements are kind of, yeah, we're on the same page in principle. Commitment is then making a contribution or doing something or taking action to it. So you can agree with something, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do something. Whereas, whereas commitment is something that you're actually going to do something about, whether you agree with it or not. So it doesn't have to be agreement and commitment. You can actually commit to doing something, whether you agree or not, you've committed to doing. But equally, you can agree with something, but have no intention of doing anything about it. So it's understanding the difference between the two. Have you agreed or are you committed? And importantly, are you asking for agreement or are you asking for commitment? Okay. So then that's the issue then, I guess, is because they seem really clear. I mean, I get that. I agree with lots of things, but it doesn't mean there's any follow-up action and I will commit to do something even if I really, really do not want to do it and therefore agree with it. So the issue lies with as a manager or as a leader or as a partner, I mix up agreement and commitment. Is that is that the biggest issue? Is this why we've got to address this? Well, sometimes we can get them mixed up. Sometimes we can assume. Um, sometimes we can project onto people. And therefore, it's important that we understand the difference. We communicate the difference. We know what we're asking for. And we check uh, to make sure that we are both on the same page and whether all we look, we're looking for at this stage is agreement or whether we're actually looking for a commitment to do something. So as long as we're specific about it, then we're connected, rather than being left exposed by assuming either way that I've either asked you for agreement or commitment, or in the reverse, I assume that all you wanted was agreement, but you actually maybe wanted me to do something. Or as happens at home quite a bit, all I'm really being asked for is to agree and listen, yet sometimes I feel I need to commit to do something to help. So it's ensuring that we're all on the same page, that what we're asking for is what we're getting and what's been asked of us, we're clear that that's the request. You say at home, I mean, I'm thinking in sales conversations, the number of salespeople who will believe they've got commitment because someone's agreed to something is exactly what you're talking about. And so then is there times when agreement is all that I need and commitment's all I need? Is that part of it? Is understanding that sometimes I should be seeking agreement and sometimes I should be seeking commitment? Yeah, well, look, first of all, the, the, the why this is an important topic is to ensure that we're all on the same page and we're either not being let down or letting people down or being able to say what you're asking for I can't give or knowing that what you're asking for you're not going to get rather than waiting to be exposed and left uh, disappointed. So first of all, that it's important that this is a way of connecting so that you know what's going on. And then it's important that to understand where people are. So for some people in some situations, agreement and commitment are the one thing. 
So if you agree to do it, you've also committed. For some people in some situations, agreement and commitment will be two separate things. There can be agreement with no commitment and there can be commitment with no agreement. So sometimes I know I agree to, I agree that I, I'll do something, but I don't have any, I may do it, I may not do it. Is that, but then other people, if they agree to it, what you're saying is anything they agree to do, it's cast iron, it's written in stone, it's, you know, it's got. Yeah, yeah it's look, some people agreement and commitment are the same thing. And in some situations, they also have agreement and commitment are separate things. And then you have some people in some situations where agreement and commitment are two very distant relations that never connect. Yes. And that's okay. This isn't saying it's right, wrong, strong, weak, but there are advantages and there are also risks that come. So if you are someone who, when you agree to do something, you always commit, always commit, then you will find yourself internally, the risk is you will find yourself spread too thin because you'll be overly committed to far too many things just because you agreed. So if you don't see those two things as being distinct, then what it means is that everything you agree to, you have to commit. And also you will feel that you cannot commit unless you also agree. So when you put those two things together all the time, the internal risk is you can become either spread too thin by being overly committed to too many things. Or you can find yourself never committing because there was some bits you couldn't agree on. And, and therefore, the internal risk is spread too thin or never committed. The external risk you have if you keep agreement and commitment always is the same thing, is that you then project onto other people that if they have agreed, then they must also have committed. And therefore, you can find yourself kind of exposed that when they have agreed to do something or deliver something, that means they've committed to it, which means then when you go looking for it and you say, so where is it? And they say, I haven't done it or I haven't got it. And you say, but you you agreed and committed. And they say, no, I agree. I need to do this, but I've been busy. Then that's where you're left kind of exposed if you always see agreement and commitment as the same thing. So this understanding then of agreement and commitment it's that everyone is going to have or everyone there's the possibility that everyone's got a different relationship then between agreement and commitment for themselves so as as you talk about before look at yourself and understand what your relation what the relationship for you is between agreement and commitment once you understand that you know, again, make that work for you, but also understand that everyone around you, they may have a different relationship. So as you as you say, right at the start, is understand that there is a relationship between the two which is different and can change, you know, for you and for other people. And once you understand that, that's always the starting point, isn't it, that, we, yeah. that you talk about, is that understanding that agreement and commitment aren't the same thing, sometimes can be the same thing, sometimes can overlap, sometimes can be totally mutually exclusive. Yeah, it's important that they are distinctive. So having them as one and the same thing means you can't separate them, which means everything you agree with, you think you have to commit, and that you can only commit if you agree. So on an operational level, that first level of understanding is to know that agreement and commitment are two distinct things. 
when you have them as two very separate things, then you don't necessarily have the connection. And if you have them as two very, very separate things, then you don't even have the relationship between those two things. So it's understanding that they are distinct, that I can agree without having to commit, and I can also commit even if there isn't a fullness in the agreement. And that's, first of all, understanding yourself so that you don't get overly stretched or actually feel you have to withdraw. So um, two, two, two examples of this is that, you know, someone puts something to you, which, you know, is something you believe in, something you agree with, something that resonates with you. And because it makes sense, you feel that you don't have an option but to commit. You always have an option. But if you have them as two same, you have it as the same thing, you don't then allow yourself that option. On the other side, when you feel that if you're going to agree, you're going to have to commit, there's almost some conversations you don't want to hear, some information you don't want to read, because if you don't allow yourself that choice, then you're saying, if, if what you're about to say next, I agree with, it means I have to be in. So you end up withdrawing from those conversations. Or, yeah, if you say, I am I really want to do this, please don't say something which I disagree with, because otherwise then I would withdraw my commitment. That makes that makes sense. That makes lots of good sense. So they are two very different things, but you're right. We do conflate the two sometimes, or, or not you, obviously, but, you know, it's easy to conflate the two sometimes. So the, the act of agreement and the act of commitment are two separate distinct things is what you're saying. So is there a time when sometimes all I'm looking for is agreement and other times I'm looking for commitment? Is that how is that how I should look at this stuff? Is there a situation? Yeah, look, I, I've, I've got friends and family who will want to talk to me about something. And because I've been 20-odd years as an executive coach, um, a lot of those professional conversations I mean when people have the conversation with you, you're expected to contribute and do something. I've then got friends and family who would much rather been able just to talk to me without feeling I have to then coach them. So all they want to do is bounce it past me. All they want to do is sometimes say it out loud so they get to hear it. So all they're looking for me is to agree to listen. I don't even need to agree with what they're saying or where their judgment is. I just need to agree. All they want me to do is to agree to listen, just to be there, just to be the guy I used to be when we were growing up just to be their friend, just to be their brother, father, uh, husband, just to be their neighbour, just to be that guy without having to commit to saying, right, I now need to bring all my professional expertise to this and this is now going to be a, a, an executive coaching session for you. So it's sometimes agreement is all you're looking for. Sometimes it's just let me know I'm on the right path. Just sometimes to say it out loud. Sometimes just to talk about it okay sometimes that's of huge value and unfortunately if you know someone who if you just want to talk to them but you know that you can't say anything to them without it becoming this big thing then those are the people that you would rather they had just agreed to listen so make sure you're agreeing asking them to agree to listen rather than assuming that if they agree they've also got to commit to doing something i'm also on the receiving end of this Tracy will sometimes just want to talk about things. And because I really want to help, I want to commit to helping even before we've had the conversation. And sometimes, as I've learned latterly, is to step back and say, you just want me to listen, don't you? 
And I need to be ready for that. So sometimes it's great just to agree. And sometimes what you're really looking for is more than just agreement. You're looking for commitment. So it's knowing that those are distinct things and then being clear on which one you're looking for and which one you're prepared to give. There is also some things, and I work with CEOs and HR directors who get pulled into conversations of people saying to them, have you heard this piece of gossip? Now, in a professional capacity, they have to commit to doing something about what they're about to hear. So they can't just agree to hear it. Professionally, they have got to take responsibility as an HR director or CEO. So please don't tell me that if you think I'm going to do nothing about it, because I have to. So there are those situations also for both parties to be aware that we're on the same page. If you tell me this, I'm going to have to do something about that. So do you really want to tell me? I used to I used to have that with, obviously I'm, I'm living, or not obviously, I live in Holland. And um, yeah, my Dutch is of a, my Dutch is okay, you know, depending on which situation I'm in. But if I was in a public setting, if people were speaking around me in Dutch, then it was, then I didn't have to listen. It was always good news. I thought whatever they're talking about, and a lot of the time I would understand, but because they were speaking Dutch around me, they assumed I didn't understand. I was safe. The moment they switched to English, a little groan would go off in my head because I knew this was their way of saying, we want him to hear. And therefore, the moment I hear, I heard, I would have to do something about it because it was, I didn't realize I was getting commitment forced upon me in that case, you know, because it was like, he's heard this now, he can understand it, therefore we can do it. That's one. So, so that's the difference between the two, which makes them distinct. But you really want them to be connected. So how you talk, say agreement, agreement is sometimes really valuable then. It's almost... Um, it can be a useful feedback tool. As you said, it can be a way of letting people offload, give, get rid of some stress or you know, just having somebody to listen to. But other times then agreeing and disagreeing is, am I on the right path? You know, do you, you know, you as a professional, I might come to you and just say, what do you feel about this? Is this making sense? Is there anything I need to fine tune? So agreement then isn't necessarily a a bad thing versus commitment. It's just a very different and distinct thing. That's that's what I'm getting. Yeah, from. yeah. And it's also, you know, it's you and I have been working on product stuff together and you go to contacts that you know and, and you want to sort of bounce it past them and get their feedback and get them to have a look at it and get their thoughts. And if you're not clear, then what you're asking them to do is to agree to look. Sometimes they'll assume you actually want me to buy this. You're not just wanting me to... You want me to commit to using and buying rather than yeah. just give you that feedback, which is why sometimes people go, I'm not too sure if I'm going to be able to look at that because what they're assuming is that if I look, I'm going to have to buy. So again, it's just been really clear that there's great value in just looking at it and giving me what you think with no commitment beyond that. Just would you agree to have a look? Would you agree to be honest in, in what you think of it? And it's a separate conversation about commitment. So sometimes the conversation and the discussion is just the agreement piece. It's the action that comes after it that moves it into commitment. And sometimes you're looking for agreement and commitment. Sometimes you're just looking for agreement. And sometimes you're going to say, look, I know you don't agree with this, but could you do this for me? 
And that is you're looking for commitment without that agreement. So understanding that they're distinct, but knowing the relationship between the two is really, and that connection between the two is important. So you talk about the relationship between the two. So are you? Is it better if there is for commitment if there is agreement, or isn't that the point? Well, it's it's knowing the value of both individually and also the value of the two are combined and being clear on what it is you're really, really looking for and also being clear on what's been asked of you because sometimes you can assume what's been asked of you. So it allows you to have that conversation of are you looking for agreement or are you looking for commitment? Am I asking for agreement or am I asking for commitment? Otherwise, what happens is you are projecting onto people. So if I'm someone, and I am someone who tends to if I agree, I tend to commit. And then sometimes I kind of regret that because I'm spread so thin, but I've committed. So I'm already in. And then I promise myself that next time I'm going to say no. Even if I agree with it, I'm just going to say no and almost sometimes make it a disagree with it just because I don't want to then be committed to something else. But if I've said I'm going to be there, I will be there. You don't need to check. I've got clients who I know over all the years, if they've said they're going to be there, they'll be there. There's other clients that I know if they've agreed to be there, I still need to send them a message the day before to say, are you still okay for this? So there's a, you move on to an operational level is understanding, at that basic level, understanding the difference between the two. The management level, so the next level up, is to be able to understand whether you're getting agreement or commitment, whether you're asking for agreement or commitment, or whether you are being requested to either agree or commit. Yeah, that's great. So that's so you say, so understand that there is a difference. And then when you're agreeing or committing to it, really being clear in your own head what you're what this means for you next. But I like that as well, is what is the other person asking of you as well? Yeah. That's a strong statement, I think. So, so that's the management aspect of it, because as someone who tends to agree and commit at the same time, particularly when I get emotional, I just, oh, I, I agree, I like, therefore I want to be part, then, you know, or I'm really pleased you've asked me, now I want to do something. And so those two things come together. Is that what I will, where my internal risk is, is being spread too thin, where my external risk with other people is that if they've agreed, I assume they've committed. And, and so I used to, um, and therefore what happens, you turn up next time and see where is it, and they go, I've agreed, but I've been busy. So you know that they still agree with it, but they haven't really committed. If they can, they will, but they haven't committed to making it happen. Is that I now look at people, I used to before, if there was something I wanted done or something I wanted to happen, I was just desperate for the person to say yes. And therefore, what I was asking for was agreement. And the people who were kind of difficult to say yes, they would, you know, they would be awkward, they'd be difficult, they'd be saying, oh, but what does what about this? And what if there's that? And I'd think, for goodness sake, just, just say yes. This is obvious. This is a no-brainer. This is just going to be good for everybody. And, and this is great for you. Just come on. Why are you being so difficult? And they used to frustrate me. And then over the piece, I started to then realise that the people who were a little bit more difficult or awkward, not so quick to say yes, tended to be the ones who were preferring to commit 
So they had more questions of what it looks like. But as the people who I thought were easy, the ones who would say yes almost without thinking about it, were just saying yes. So they were agreeable, had no intention, however, of committing to anything. So it was real easy to say yes because they weren't bringing the value of commitment to it. And going back to sales, I mean, you see this so many times where the sales guy will be going, they, I don't understand why, why they're not doing it because they talk, I know they love it. I know it's perfect for them. And what you're saying is, is and sometimes the prospect will be saying no and the sales guy will be thinking, this doesn't make any sense. I've told you all of these amazing things. I know they're applicable to you. Actually, what you're saying is it's not that that person's saying, it's not that I don't agree with your sales pitch. I find your sales pitch and you're always very agreeable. But if I say yes to it in my head, I will, I will have to commit to, to going through with this and, and the change and the culture change and the implementation and procurement chance. So even though I agree with your sales pitch, I'm not going to say yes to it because the moment I say yes, that's a sign of commitment. Yeah. I have to therefore have to follow through. And equally, Warren, those clients and prospects who have agreement and commitments to separate things will say yes. Yeah, they'll, not, they'll still not yeah. sign the deal. They're the ones clogging up your pipeline. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But I can't, exactly. I can't see we convince anybody else, but I'm on board. You know, <laughs> it's that obvious, you know, example that I use with people. As you say to someone, like, look, let's do lunch. Let's get to know each other a bit more socially and let's, you know, get to sort of, you know, relax in a different environment. Let's go somewhere nice for lunch and get to know each other better. And they go, yeah, yeah, we should. Until you've asked this sort of real key question, which is when? And if their answer is, well, let me get back to you, then you know lunch isn't happening anytime soon because the the key difference between agreement and commitment is pictures. Agreement is more words. Commitment is more pictures in the mind. So in the lunch example, I'm saying yes, 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 but I haven't, I, I'm not picturing us having having a lunch. But if I was to say to you, look, well, when, what day of the week suits you best? Does breakfast or lunch suit you better? What's your favourite restaurant? What type of food do you prefer? You know, what we want right. tends to be better for your schedule. Now, if you have no answers to those questions, it's because you've no pictures in your mind, which means you have no commitment. But if you have, well, Thursdays are good for me. Actually, breakfast is a lot better for me than, than lunch because it's the start of my day. Love Italian. In fact, that place around the corner for me is ideal. And normally the end of the month is when things start to, you know, I have a bit more leeway. Now we're having, now we're going to have lunch. There's a commitment or breakfast. Now there's a commitment to that, not just an agreement in principle. So they sort of that's active then as well, isn't it? That picturing is an active thing, and maybe sometimes simply saying, "Yeah, that would be a great idea," is, as you say, is quite an easy passive reactive thing. But actively picturing it, okay. No, it's great to get a yes, but so what you've got is agreement. And what what I'll say to people on this is that the reason why. Sometimes you don't ask the questions because you're only two or three questions away from knowing whether someone is agreeing or they've also committed. You know, so when, where, how's that going to look? One, one of the main reasons why we don't ask that question is an emotional reason is because we, we want to believe that if they've said yes, then they've also committed. And what I will say to people in this is that accurate disappointment 
is far more valuable than inaccurate optimism. Just because you've said yes, and best not of the inaccurate optimism that that means you're also committed. I'm better to ask the two or three questions and at least have the accurate, even if though it might be disappointing, understanding of where you are in terms of commitment. And just because someone didn't commit today doesn't mean that they aren't going to commit going forward. Sometimes people need to be asked two or three times, sometimes even more, to get beyond agreement into commitment. Because they might agree with the concept, but not necessarily yet know you well enough, trust you well enough, feel comfortable in themselves enough to then commit. It could just be a timing thing. But it's better to have the accurate disappointment because you can build upon that rather than the inaccurate optimism because that leaves both of you exposed. And that's and going right back to like that distinct between the two is understanding being comfortable with asking for agreement separately from commitment and commitment from agreement, knowing that maybe one day you would like both, but understanding that they are two separate things. And so you would ask you'd ask different questions for agreement and you'd ask different questions for commitment. Yeah. So that pictures in the mind is is your commitment. And you can ask for both. Not just yeah. ask for one and assume that the other will follow, but asking for both. Being specific. It's great that you agree. I'm now needing you to do something. But the thing about, and this is where you, to create commitment. So first of all, it's understanding whether you're asking for agreement and commitment or whether you're being asked for agreement and commitment. You know, on, on a business level, I know a lot of CEOs and senior people who will present the business plan or the business strategy to the, the leadership team. And then they'll say, what do you think? And you then realize what they're asking for is agreement. They're not asking for commitment. Commitment is presenting that business or that strategy plan and saying, okay, this is what it is. So what are you now going to do with this? That is asking for commitment. And so this especially, that makes sense. You see this lots of times where there's a big, glorious, beautiful, well-designed, glitzy PowerPoint presentation. And at the end, everyone smiles and claps politely or, you know, enthusiastically instead of politely, you hope for. But then the key question is then, so then the leader leaves the stage happy because everyone gets it. But actually, And then the disappointment arises is because what you said is that for a lot of people in that room, they've agreed with it. They haven't committed to anything. Yeah. So then the key is then, so how would you get the pictures in the mind in, in team situations like that? What's the tricks? That, well, first of all, just on that risk is typically what that leader then assumes is they didn't agree. So I'm going to find out what they disagree with or, or I'm going to explain it again because surely once they, they really agree, then they will commit. Get it. So if it's something isn't done, it isn't therefore, he doesn't think it's a lack of commitment. He thinks it's a lack of agreement. And so, uh, and so the, your, your question there is how do you sort of generate and foster that feeling of commitment is asking for pictures rather than words. It's painting pictures. So, um, and, th- and this is important just as a sort of, ensuring that what you're asking for when it's right to ask for it. I've got some people who are all, who get into a situation where they're, they're just desperate to make a decision. And what I have to ask them to do is to say, look, all I'm asking is to agree to think about it a little bit longer. 
you're not in a position to yet make a decision. Give it a bit more thought, and then it'll be easier to then commit to making a decision. But because they want to make a decision, they're wanting to move to committing to something that they're not clear on, as opposed to sometimes a bit more thought, a bit more discussion is where they need to go to. So sometimes moving people away from commitment and into deal with the agreement, first of all, is really, really helpful because it takes the heat out of it. It takes a lot of the emotion out of it. But if you if you want to go the other way and help check accurate disappointment or encourage people to move beyond just agreement also into commitment, it's about pictures in the mind. So if I've got the scenario of someone around the board table says to me, yeah, okay, right, I'm going to do that. I agree. That's mine. I agree. I'll, I'll look after that. I'll deliver that. And I'll deliver it by the end of the month. Then I can go away with an accurate optimism of saying, thank goodness they've said the yes to do that. Brilliant, you know, because I know they're good enough and they can. Or I can go for the accurate disappointment, which is far more valuable. And that is by asking questions to help move them more towards commitment or to understand where and level of commitment they are is asking questions about pictures. So if you've agreed to deliver something by the end of the month, I'm going to say that's fantastic. So what bits are you going to enjoy with this? What bits are you going to find difficult? At what point is it going to be fair to me to check in for progress? When should I start to see something? Who else are you going to have to involve in this? Who's going to be right up for this? Who's really not going to be up for this? What additional hurdles do you see might occur? If you had to do it quicker, what do you think you need to do? If you had more time, what then would you add in? And that visualization is so active. You can see it like laying down those tracks. Is, you know, you, and it's a great way of actually helping you. Maybe, maybe you did underestimate how much work it was going to be. And suddenly it's like, oh, actually, what I've just promised there is impossible. Um, but without that, you're right. So agreement sometimes is it makes sense that this is the right thing to do. The commitment is, even though it makes sense, I can't do it because of this, this, and this reason. But before that, you become aware of the level of commitment that's been asked for. Yes, that's what I mean, yeah. So now I understand the level of of commitment needed uh, or the level of action needed. I can't commit to, I can't, I can no longer commit to. Or I'm going to have to prioritise this more or I'm going to have to shift or I'm going to have to really just agreeing to do this. Particularly around large organisations where, the reason why someone has agreed is often because they don't want someone else to have it. So I want to do that. That should sit within my remit. So, and if someone else gets to do that, that's sort of diluting my remit here. So it's, it's, I just want to have it more because I don't want anybody else to have it or because I fear what they would do with it. So I just want to have it. But that just agreement can be then be a bottleneck if what you're looking for is commitment. You see this a lot nowadays and in, in product and tech teams, don't you, with the, with the sprints and it's everyone comes in, this is a brand new feature, it's really important, everyone's going to love it. And everyone around the table agrees and the, the product head will agree. And it's like, I can commit to doing this in the next sprint, but they've got this visualization pretty clear is, but this is what's going to happen. These three things are going to get moved for this one thing. Because we all agree it's really important. That's absolutely fine. But then are we all agreeing that these things are going to move as well? And I guess that's what we all have to do then. If we commit to something, 
we can agree with it that this is a great idea, but that commitment is, as you say, it's a lot more active. That visualization, that scenario building in your head. Yeah, this is the consequences of everything that's going to happen. Are we? And that's only, and that's only better if that's what you're wanting. You know, sometimes you're at the conceptual end of that process, but really you just want people to think about it. And there's nothing worse than someone's already off doing something and it hasn't really been properly baked. There are times for agreement, there's times for commitment, and there's times for both. The the most, um, when I've seen this most clearly, and it's it's been so disheartening at times, is when I've been at events or either with clients at their conferences or I've been to industry events, or you're speaking at these events and there's someone else on the panel or on the on the list of speakers, and there's a fantastic cause being presented. You know, it's corporate social responsibility, it's diversity, it's inclusion, it's um, green issues, it's, you know, efficiencies, it's, you know, it's charitable things, it's good causes, and you think, oh, fantastic. And they position it in a way of informing everybody what it is. And everybody looks at good causes and thinks, well, I totally agree with you. Yes, something should be done about that. And then, you know, the, the, the talk finishes and everyone goes, fantastic. That, that's definitely a priority. Good luck, John, as that lonely speaker steps off the stage. In fact, let, let us know how you got on, John. And there was their opportunity to ask for some level of commitment. But what they were looking for was agreement. Because when they agreed, they committed. So they're projecting onto a whole audience that if I can just get them to agree, they'll also be committed. You're right. And I can see, you can see this person afterwards beaming from ear to ear because the whole company's just agreed with what they're doing and he believes this means the whole company has committed and ah the feedback a, was great the exactly. owner was brilliant everything being over a grayer you go you go yeah you know you can't wait for monday and you're sitting there going hmm we'll see you next year yeah. <laughs> and look if, if you get into the harbour and and successfully asking for a level of commitment that people, if you're looking for a whole audience to commit, give them something that everybody can commit to doing. And at least then you've got everybody going beyond that line and moving from agreement and attaching a level of commitment to it. Because what stops a lot of people committing is that fear of the size of that commitment and what that means. You know, so I'd like you to understand a little bit more about this. And people emotionally go to, I need to go and read books. I need to go on a course. I need to do six hours on this a day. All you're looking for them is to understand a little bit more. So specifying, and and we have done this a number of times in the podcast, big thing about self-development is the emotion and the intelligence. Emotion is the non-specific side, and therefore you've got it at one extreme or the other. The intelligence is the is that range of specified the 99 boxes between zero and 100. And so by communicating in pictures, you're specifying what the commitment looks like as opposed to getting emotional commitment, which is count me in. And then, well, wait a minute, is that what it involves? I don't know if I can. I, I might need to withdraw. So making sure that what you're getting is intelligent commitment, not just emotional commitment. 
So if you're trying to get a group of people or a person to do something big, then you get them to commit to something small. It's a start. Commit to the level of what you require the commitment to be. Get them to commit to the level that's required, but specify what that level is. Rather than them, them assuming emotionally, that doesn't sound like much. So if, you're, if you've got a big strategy doc, for example, a big strategy, I mean, is it about then just to get people going, just to get the momentum going? You know, what will you get done by next Monday, for example? Or? Yeah, and what's that going to involve? Who do you have in mind? What bits are you going to like? What bits are you not going to like? You know, what are you going to have to drop to be able to do this? You know, specifying through pictures. And as I say, better to get the accurate disappointment of someone then saying, I can't do that. One thing I remember seeing was like when people are doing like these big health transformations, these guys would say, for the first week, all I want you to do is to take a cod liver oil once a day. And I guess that that sort of, you know, it's a sign of commitment. If you can't even do that, then, you know, what's the, what's the point? But it also, I guess it starts to build some momentum as well. It builds some confidence in the team that actually I've committed to this to stage one. And I know there's 99 after it, but I've already done one. So, yeah, there's, you know, I can get to two. And then before the, before you know it, you hopefully have gotten closer to 99. Yeah, and what you're doing is you're kind of setting a precedence and for, uh, forming a pattern. And that's you strategically influencing. That's how you're using your understanding of agreement and commitment. And you're doing it. it, it you know, the amount of organisations I'll go into who are still talking about something that was an idea five years ago. And they're still talking and they're still agreeing that it's still a good idea. But no one's asked for any commitment to do anything because well, what they have asked for is the ultimate commitment. So they end up not asking for any commitment. It's either zero or 100% rather than finding here'd be a good way to start. So at an operational level, it's understanding there is a, the distinction between agreement and commitment. The next level is to be clear on what you're asking for and also what's been asked of you and being clear on what you want to ask for. You don't always need to ask for both. And at a strategic level, it's influencing towards where you want it to get to. So if you want to increase the commitment or you want to increase the level of agreement, it's about making it specific. It's talking in pictures. It's, it's specifying more what that actually looks like because pictures in the mind is what generates more commitment. But always better to have accurate disappointment than inaccurate optimism. Yeah. With that, I agreed I'd let you go on time today. So I, uh, I will commit to that. This is good. I think this is really important. And I do think that idea of breaking out the commitment into chunks as well fits in a bit with the intelligent trust and, and that comes that will come through as well but that will come through from that accurate disappointment won't it what what's what's worrying this person and that's where you can help again as a leader i guess isn't it once you've had that honest conversation then you can go in again with a different set of skills you can connect it and you can influence because you're connected to it and not just projecting yeah. from a distance you've agreed so you know what I'm expecting next. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. Clear. Cool. Can you picture yourself here next week? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't want to picture myself anywhere else. There you go. 
I'll see you there next week. Thank you. Indeed. So, agreement and commitment. She said it's important to understand that there is a difference between the two. Actually, more than that, there's they're distinctly different. They are two different, distinct things. Be sure you know what you're asking for. Are you asking other people for agreement or are you asking them for commitment? And also be clear what other people are asking you for so you don't disappoint them or let them down or overstretch yourself. I think one of the key ideas is that when you want commitment, you make sure you're really getting it. That even if you go beyond agreement, you really get a deep level of commitment. You really make sure that people understand what they're committing to. And you help them by giving them something easy that they can commit to at first. I think this is important for so many different people. I see salespeople all the time happily equate agreement to commitment. And sometimes it's just wishful thinking. Sometimes it just seems the easy way. But you do see that those really excellent salespeople do understand the agreement is just part of it. And really what you're seeking for is commitment and commitment to a first step of action, first step of progress. Anyway, so this was short, so I won't make it any longer. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope it gives you something to think about. Hope it's going to change how you work with some people in your team and how maybe you'll change some of your answers when people ask you questions talk to you again soon bye